Hi everybody, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers. This past Friday, the latest film in the Insidious franchise hit our theaters and brought forth a wave of nostalgia for the first time that we were introduced to this franchise. Today, we're talking about all of the films in the Insidious franchise and ending with a quick review of our newest film, Insidious, The Red Door. Going based on science, each year there is a science of scare project and experiment conducted to review the scariest movies of all time. Between 2012 and 2020, the top spot landed with a movie called Sinister. This movie ranked number one on the scientific scares list by measuring an audience of 250 watchers and noting how many times their heart rates went above 65 beats per minute. Sinister surpassed all other movies with the most amount of heart-raising moments, and the film Insidious ranked top jump scare raising people's heart rates from 65 to 133 within one second, the demon jump scare for those of you who have not seen it. Getting into the movies themselves, the first Insidious film came out in 2010. We follow the Lambert family that moved into their new home. Of course, off the bat, weird things begin happening, and it isn't until the oldest son, Dalton, falls in the attic and ends up in a coma. What we find out as the movie progresses is that Dalton and his father both have the ability to travel into this land called the Further, an area where trapped souls roam and are desperate for a taste of life again. Dalton travels to the Further one night and doesn't return, hence his coma. Josh, the father, travels to the Further and rescues his son from the evil entities in this realm, but brings back something with them, something that has haunted Josh since his childhood, this black bride character named Parker Crane. Josh and slash Parker now kills the psychic Elise that has been helping them and Dalton along this journey. And we end the first film with what will happen next. The second film in the Insidious franchise, Insidious Chapter 2, came out in 2013. And this film centers around Josh's childhood and how his mother handled Josh's trips to the further basically ignoring the fact that he could travel there and go there until she couldn't ignore it any longer. She calls upon Elise for her help in understanding the things that we cannot see. Elise brings her crew, Specs and Tucker, who are these very nerdy, lovable ghost hunters, and they find that Josh is an astral traveler, being able to meditate deep enough that his soul leaves his body and can affect the physical world around him. Doing this as a kid, he opened doors that he never closed, allowing spirits to enter into his childhood home and impact his own soul. In order to save the possessed Josh in the present time, Elise travels to the further and finds Josh as a young boy to stop him from opening these doors in the first place. We explore the story of Parker Crane and why he is tormenting Josh in the present and successfully close the doors between adult Josh and young Josh before adult Josh's soul is completely taken over by these entities and by Parker Crane in particular. Josh and Dalton agree that they want to forget their memories of the further in an attempt to prevent them from traveling back there. We end the movie with their memories being wiped, only remembering that Dalton was in a coma and that's it. Insidious Chapter 3 came out in 2015 and this was directly linked with Insidious The Last Key, which came out in 2018. These are the third and fourth films in the franchise. This is a total shift from the first and second film in the franchise. However, for anyone who is a fan of the franchise in general, 
it would be best to watch the story unfold in chronological order, as the third film and the fourth film are prequels to Insidious 1 and 2. This is, in Insidious Chapter 3, this is Elise's first real trip to the Further, where she finds the malevolent entities that live there. She works with this young girl who's in a wheelchair, who's paralyzed, and who plays with Ouija boards and does all the things you're not supposed to do in an attempt to connect with her dead mother. All very innocent, but of course she brings stuff back. She gets possessed. It's really creepy. I would say it's probably the actual scariest film in the franchise in terms of jump scares and in terms of looks and things like that, but um, it doesn't necessarily tie into any of the stories in particular. Same thing with Insidious The Last Key. It is we are following Elise. She receives a disturbing phone call from a man that claims that his house is haunted. And his house, the address of his house, is the home where Elise grew up. Accompanied by her two now paranormal investigators, Specs and Tucker, she goes back to her childhood home to confront and destroy her greatest fear, the demon that she accidentally sent free years earlier. So it's all very full circle. People who go in places and travel in all of these further lands and areas unknowingly or knowingly open doors and don't shut them or don't know how to shut them and open portals for creatures and demons and terrible entities to come into our world, to Earth, to wherever you would like to call this. Now, Insidious the Red Door just came out last week, last Friday. It is the latest in the franchise. It is going to be the last in the Insidious franchise as far as we know. And this is the only one that was not written and produced by Lee Winnell, who also created the Saw franchise. But that's a different conversation for a different day. This film picks up nine years after Insidious 2. Josh and his wife are now divorced and Dalton is getting ready to go to college. We start the movie at Josh's mom's funeral and acknowledge that Josh and Dalton still don't remember their adventures in the further. Josh takes Dalton to school to help him move in and it's very evident that Josh is doing a pretty bang up job as a dad. Not knowing much about Dalton, and blaming his mistakes on the fact that he was raised by a single mother. So Dalton should be grateful to have a dad at all. Dalton begins school in a prestigious art class and his art teacher believes that the best paintings come from the subconscious. So, so she basically takes the entire class on a meditation slash hypnosis, counting them down from 10 and telling them to simply paint what they see. They can keep their eyes closed if they want to. Dalton gets flashes of the red door the door he opened in the attic in the first Insidious movie that brought forth his coma in the first place. And as he paints more and more of this picture, his adventures into the further reveal themselves more and more. Simultaneously, Josh is basically losing his mind and not understanding why he can't remember certain things from the past. He gets an MRI and sees these visions of ghosts and even begins to see visions of his dead father, panicking. After Josh and Dalton find themselves back in the further, somewhat by accident, Josh's ex-wife finally tells them the truth about everything that they had agreed to forget. Dalton gets trapped in the further and his body is taken over in the real world by some sort of malevolent entity. And Josh has to go back and rescue him once more. In order to end it all for good, Dalton covers his red door painting with black paint, sealing the door shut in the real world and in the further, 
ending the movie with everyone safe and secure away from the further. Based on an actual rating, so on the Shivers scale, on a scale of one to five for the story itself, we're going to go a pretty sad two. I, I love the Insidious franchise. I think when it first came out, Insidious 1 and 2 are innovative, creative, new. It breathed this new breath of fresh air into the horror genre and franchise and became the modern horror of Blumhouse that we truly know today. But picking up and basically having us watch Insidious 1 and 2 from the eyes of Josh and Dalton again, there's not much of an extra story to tell. Again, for originality, I gave it a 2 as well, kind of for that same reason. There's nothing new. There's, it's just the same story, but nine years later. For acting, we'll do five out of five. These are very professional actors. These are amazing people, so they did a great job. And same thing for production, we'll do a four out of five. There weren't a whole lot of sets. There weren't a whole lot of areas to go, but it is a Blumhouse movie. It's a big movie, so production is good. And for scares, we're also going to go two out of five. Was not scary. It was very sad. Um, putting all of that together, you get a score of three out of five. Overall, I thought that this movie was a nice reminder of why we enjoy the Insidious franchise, but it wasn't needed. We get so many flashbacks to Insidious 1 and 2 that it would have just been more beneficial to watch the first two films over again. It's a nice attempt at bringing us along for the journey of Dalton and the family, but it made me more sad and than anything else and not scared, which is not what you want to hear for a horror movie. Thank you for listening to today's Wicked Wednesday. Be sure to watch some of the films in the Insidious franchise and check out Shiver's meetup page as always.